0: Hey guys, it's Lori here, just letting you know that this episode is brought to you by the Christian Standard Bible. Learn more at csbible.com.
1: hello and welcome to the hole in my heart podcast this is episode 24 take 2 is there hope for us
0: yes hello welcome to the hole in my heart podcast where we talk about how the gospel is good news for everyone every day and I'm your host Lori Krieg and I got Matt next to me Argyle expert licensed therapist and husband what's up Matt
1: it's good to be here
0: glad you're here and we also have that ever faithful and most professional radio voice among us producer Steve
1: hi guys
0: Oh, guys, I'm so excited. Today, we are launching a new series for summer 2021 called Take Two, and we are going to be hitting up some of our favorite episodes from the last four seasons, which, pause, goodness gracious, Mm. it was like choosing favorite children. No doubt. I couldn't pick. I kept going back and forth and back and forth, and I did like a survey on the Hole in My Heart podcast Facebook page, and I was I. So even using the word favorite, I'm going to hold that one loosely uh, because I really just tried to get a spattering of episodes over the last, since fall 2017. Uh, Some things that we have talked about, including trauma, singleness, marriage. Um, We're going to be talking about, you know, of course, LGBT, transgender. So if you guys are a new listener, this is a great time to begin. If you have friends that you're like, man, I want them to listen to this show. Also a great time to send them the episodes uh, starting this week or next week. But this summer, we're going to be rolling it back. I did want to give a shout out, and we are going to be putting, just so you guys know, we're going to try and beef up our show notes. And you can go to uh and find some of the show notes to connect to other episodes that relate to this one or to articles, et cetera. And so I wanted to shout out a few more that made like maybe the secondary list, but David Bennett, which was 111, Greg Coles, 167. I loved how he talked about dating Jesus, but not really dating Jesus, how he's our bridegroom. It just was so sweet, the intimacy he has. The one with Eldridge Sons. Do you guys remember that one? Oh, yeah. 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 It was so good where they talked about male friendships. Mm-hmm. And I think you guys, you seem to resonate mm-hmm. with that yeah. one. Yes. We also got Rachel Joy Welcher, which was 152. I loved what she had to say about how women are not responsible for mm-hmm. men wrestling with lust. Yeah. Uh, Meg Botts talking about healthy friendship in touch. And Sean McDowell, that was episode one fifty-seven, and he he just answered a lot of hard questions that I think parents are addressing. Steve, you were talking about one that you and Kelly, your wife, really loved from the last season. Yeah,
1: Kelly Flanagan, actually, just a few episodes ago. Yep. uh, Just making friends with your loneliness. uh, That was really that. We're still processing that.
0: Yeah, I, in that question that he asked in the beginning yes, about animals. The if, animals, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, just go back and listen to that one. And Rebecca McLaughlin, uh, that was just last episode, two episodes ago, she she just killed it. Mm. Okay, Matt, tell us a little bit about what we can expect from this episode. Do you remember recording this one, babe?
2: Oh, I remember episode 24. Pretty legendary. vividly. Yeah, it's a legendary episode. But in this episode, we are reading, me and Lori are reading and kind of processing through our kind of, I don't want to say consumption, but our processing of You and Me Forever, the book by Francis and Lisa Chan. And I mean, this episode got very real about our marriage and some of the pain we were experiencing in that season.
0: Yeah. And we chose this episode because I think you, the listeners, many of you uh, got to know us better. And this, we never, ever, ever thought we would share this on the podcast, let alone write a book about it. Hmm. Uh, that became our book, Impossible Marriage, not just that episode, but that pain in that season. I will never forget the morning before we recorded, I had a board meeting with uh, Hold My Heart Ministries board and I was like, so um, Matt and I are going to get really real tonight. I just want you to know. And they didn't really even know anything and then they listened and I was just so grateful to have such an amazing board and amazing team now who supports vulnerability and seeking Jesus through it.
1: Well, that vulnerability and authenticity was powerful it mm. continues to be powerful um, Thanks, Steve. and i think people will agree with me when they hear it I hope so. And also, just from an from a production standpoint, yes, the editing. Uh, yeah, we're gonna uh, get rid of the upfront stuff, the goofball island, and and just really get into the meat of each of these episodes. Pretty much right after our kind of present day intros.
0: Yep. So each episode. So for the next ten episodes, mm-hmm. we're gonna be doing a new intro with the three of us right now, kind of explaining why and what we're doing that day. Uh, as far as why we picked the episode and then you're going to hear us at the end circle back and just reflect with you so if it feels a little jumpy that's because we recorded some of these years ago mm-hmm. all right but without further ado here is episode 24 take two is there hope for us okay so we are in chapter five and again is there hope for us and that really um, rang in my heart because i I've said that this year, and we'll we'll get into that in a couple minutes, um, just like feeling hopeless, to be honest with you. Um, so I'll set the stage for the chapter. So he doesn't even necessarily talk about, here's practical ways to make your marriage work. It's like, what is the hope we all have? And he begins with heaven. Mm-hmm. And um, he talks about like screaming, it's like all caps. And he's like, I can't wait to see my, hov- my husband, my wife and my kids and be like, in heaven. Oh my goodness. Can you believe it? This is, I told you it was going to be this amazing. And I have like chills even saying it, just thinking about this. And by the way, one of my friends who just saw Francis Chan, she went to one thing at IHOP, the International House of Prayer, and she's he's still on this like heaven rant. So I hope when we go stalk him on March one, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that we'll hear some of this. But he, you know how he talks about like how like the cherubim they're all the time singing his praises, and he talks about this in the book. Like we need to be at least spending some of our time just thinking about it. And then another guy I guess who was there said, "Come on, how many of you have actually felt bad for the cherubim and seraphim who have?" do sing praises (laughs) to God all day.
1: Right. I'm raising Have, my hand. I know. Yes. Have I, I mean, do they want Sounds shifts? real boring. Like, yeah. like, Tap like, out oh, at some point Oh my like, like,
0: go to the bathroom. Oh, okay. Yes, <laughs> All
1: right. Your turn, it's, you know. Praise.
0: I for real, you kind yeah. of like eye roll and Around so the clock. Yep. But it's like he's like no, they want to. And mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. incomprehensible to me even sitting right here. But I love hearing a uh, human Francis be like, "No, like I can't wait for that." So he says, "Start with heaven and work backward." He said, "Picture yourself standing before God at the moment of your death." Looking back at your time on earth at that moment, what will you regret? What will you cherish? Now, what would your life be like if you made your decisions on that basis? So he thinks that we need to do everything based on hindsight. And um, so I I just like that perspective. That was my mm-hmm. favorite part.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think it. he comes back again to something that I've appreciated, you know, through the book, you know, to this point, which is. Use your imagination. Yeah, like visualize this. Yes. Open up the last two chapters of Revelation. Uh huh. Take your time with it and visualize it. I mean, he really engages our, you know, spiritual imagination. Love it. And I think that that is huge in motivating our our you know our actions, our behaviors, and even our our thoughts.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I
2: think there was, I think it was this chapter. Can't remember if it was this one or the last one where he he poses the challenge to to actually pray about thing only about things that are eternal as opposed Mm. to the finite things of this world and Mm. i mean i I actually tried that for for like two minutes and it was really hard it was really difficult to not just keep sliding our focus back into oh hey god help me with this thing oh shoot sorry hey you know and so to go back to like what do i even know of that's eternal other than god help me to love you more profoundly and to understand your love for me more profoundly i'm like okay i lasted 15 seconds with what i know of eternity and mm-hmm. uh i've got another couple <laughs> millennia to think of things i guess mm-hmm. so um yeah so but it was hard to to really sit there in that eternal perspective
0: well, I just wanted to add to back to what you were saying, Steve, um, but uh, I'm reading, well, I just read a part of this book by R.A. Tori, and it's like the five benefits of prayer. And he says, really, when we aren't using our imagination, when we pray, like how many times do we just pray and start talking? to a wall or mm. like, you're like, I'm saying sentences that sound nice, but to like really envision God. And he's like, we're really taking the name of God in vain. while we imagine we are praying to him. So if we're mm. not saying that we're doing it and he said, we should never utter one syllable of prayer either in public or in private until we are definitely conscious that we have come into the presence of God and we are actually praying to him. Mm. That's I'm like, yeah, I didn't think about like, we're taking God's name in vain. Cause we're like, dear yeah. God, thanks for the things. Huh. Bye. Mm. Uh, but to like actually visualize is not an unholy thing to use the imagination yeah. God gave us, but to actually use it, which is, kind to think on these yeah. eternal things is mm-hmm. giant.
2: Yeah. So to think about these eternal things, that that was one of the pieces that really stuck out to me where he says, we need to focus our our mindset, not just on this world, but on especially on the reward hmm. that yeah. we will get, the, wor- the reward that we'll receive. And I mean, and kind of like him where he said, I felt like that was a little off. Like, I shouldn't be doing that. Right. Like, because then it's like, if I'm just doing what I'm doing in order to then have a reward in heaven, am I being, am I just being a selfish person? Right. And and so, you know, it just feels awkward to be like, treasures in heaven, yay. You know, <laughs> and to, to almost have like the the 401k of the heavens <laughs> 401k on my mind. And, and right. it's like, obviously that's not. The entirety of why we're doing things because it's, I, I don't know if it's legitimately going to be like, oh, here's your bank account in heaven. My guess is it won't be <laughs> right. because we won't have need for money. And the reward that we have, though, is is this just incredible relationship with God. You know, I, I believe we'll still have our bodies will still have purpose in heaven. I don't know if that entire purpose will be like being like the cherubim where they're singing his praises, but I'm sure that our hearts will be singing his praises all the time. And, but I mean, will we still be doing things with our hands? Will there still be like artists and, and people who are, Hmm. you know, building things and cultivating fields? Like, is there going to be food? I don't, I I have no idea, Hmm. but whatever it is that we have, it's going to be this extremely, joyful state. And that's incredibly helpful for me. Um, you know, and we're going to get a little bit real here for a second. And well, for probably more than a second, because, you know, the, Laurie had mentioned that the last the last year and a half or so has been very hard. And if my mind, if my focus stays on just our finite world, our current state, there's not a lot of hope. Because, I mean, well, a few year, year and a half ago, you know, after our second daughter was born, um, there were there were some things that, that were coming up in our marriage where I would walk into the room and it was like, Lori would want to gouge my eyes out type of, that's what it felt like. And the um, reason
0: for this, and I'll let you continue from the best I can figure is, and I, I blogged about this when, when Juliet, our second born, was born. I just thought it was really like a lot of post- Partum anxiety which i'm sure that was some of it um because i got real like i just couldn't even leave the house i was like afraid of everything and um this was like when the ministry was really building and doing everything and and i was i was in so much fear but i noticed that in certain places i would just start having a full-blown panic attack mm-hmm. like weeping couldn't breathe and especially when matt came in the room and Mm -hmm. so the best i can figure is when i was young which was actually our firstborn daughter's age and my little brother was born so kind of a similar scenario to what happened in our real life um something happened and i uh, the most i remember is it was probably another stranger so this is my fourth issue of assault that i have dealt with in a different age a different person different scenarios and It has been an excruciatingly painful year and a half to have. um, And I wrote a couple blogs ago about chronic soul pain, and and I was pretty ambiguous when I talked about it, and I got a little bit more clear in the last post um, when I said like just dealing with the salt. But it has affected us so deeply, and Mm -hmm. um, to the point, yeah, there were some times. Over a year ago when I couldn't hardly be in the same room as Matt without him triggering me. And um, by that, I mean, like, he would just remind me of whoever this person was, even though I couldn't even see his face. Like, um, it, it was like the little girl inside of me was like, get away, like, don't hurt me. And mm-hmm. this extremely affected our our physical life and our ability to be close and and even just like our just intimacy being able to talk and like Mm -hmm. be at this real level because I was like wrestling with everything and I called it my crazy brain and so I've I've been in and, and out of some counseling and so it's here's the thing and so you guys know my story then I struggle with these attractions and I'm just telling you, Satan has tried to have just a heyday. And there's been I've like no porn, no secret relationship. There's nothing that's happening underneath the surface other than it's just the enemy trying to rip us mm-hmm. to shreds. And um it's been really hard to mm-hmm. have this and then the beauty of it and maybe the hashtag blessing part of it is God is having me experience stuff in real time. So when I am ministering and trying to walk with LGBT people who have gone through trauma or people who've gone through trauma or wrestling with sexuality or wrestling with their marriages, this isn't even like, a oh, well, 10 years ago, God rescued me. He's like, I want you to walk through this right now, Lori. I want you to walk through this pain right now so that you can walk with people. And it's, it's authentic to not yeah. just a decade ago, but now. And even like the journey of finding a counselor and um, how difficult that is. But that has reignited my own like passion for being like, man, guys, this Caring Well conference that we did and these workshops that we're starting to put on. Like I am not just past tense passionate now about we need to be equipped to walk with people who are broken. Like we cannot keep hiding Mm because we had you and I hid so even though we're coming out to y'all right now, um, if we had hid from our friends and in some people in those moments when we've looked across the kitchen table at each other and been like, "Is there hope for us?" had we isolated, uh, there would not have been hope for us. Mm-hmm. And so I'm extremely grateful for people. And it's not even that we're even on the other side of it. So I was like really hesitant to talk about it. it. Um, but Matt, I love. If you can just share even some of like how this has affected you and what God's been teaching mm-hmm. you.
2: Yeah, I mean it's obviously out of this. You you said this inability to to connect, especially in a physical way, um, that that really caused me to start walking down the path of of figuring out. Okay, God, this isn't this is not a place where I'm gonna be quoting first Corinthians seven and saying, you know, do not withhold from one another. Mm. Cause I'm like, you're, you're not withholding. Yeah. You are terrified. Yeah. And, and so like trying to go on this journey of what does the Bible say about sexuality and, and where it needs to be enacted and, and not necessarily, and doesn't need to be enacted. What, what is the purpose of it? And, and for me, you know, it, it came down to this fact and even, over the last year as I've been trying to like give God f- full reign over this area of my life and trying to encourage you to go into counseling because here I am as a counselor yet I can't even approach you Yeah. because I am the trigger. I'm the trigger point. And, and so as much as I'm like, I want to help you, I'm, I'm too close. Yeah. And so feeling completely powerless to make any change to to even be a part of the change that, or hopefully the healing that is is occurring in your life, and I know that I am a part of it. And in those moments, but when you are triggered, I mean, there is almost nothing I can do because
0: I'm a jaguar.
2: Well, and and in that moment, I'm not counselor, husband, no, who who you know loves you and yeah. is is really trying to to be as helpful as I possibly can be to you. I, I become your assailant, right, in your mind, and. And so I can't be the one to work on that. And so in this state of powerlessness, that's where the lack of hope sets in. Yeah. Because I'm like, I, I don't know how to make this change. I don't know how to do anything. Yeah. And, But it's in that place that, that God has been working on me. Because I'm like, okay, well, I can turn to porn, but I know where that leads. I, and I don't want to go there. And that wouldn't change anything. That wouldn't fix anything. That would make it so much worse. And, and so rather than going there being like, okay, God, if I, if I, well, let's just say it bluntly, if sex is not happening in our marriage right now, based on the trauma and everything that, that we're trying to deal with as a, as a couple, like, what am I supposed to do with, you know, my own desires with, with my own, you know, just, I, I, and I can't even call them physical needs anymore because they're not. If you're called to singleness, you're called to not have sex. So as a married person, I, am there, I do not have a right to sex within my marriage. And that's been a hard journey for me to, mm-hmm. to really come to understand that and to not necessarily be bitter about it. Because when Francis is talking in this book about, you know, the by focusing on what we are getting in heaven, like the reward that we will receive, there's this section... that I highlighted very boldly that says it takes the attention off our sacrifice. Mm. It places it in his generosity. Eternity Mm. will not be about, look at what I sacrificed, God. It'll be about, look what he gave me. Mm. And you know, I could very easily in my prayer life go to God and be like, look what I'm sacrificing. And believe me, I've been there in my prayers and God's like, really? You know, in a sense, like, really? That's the sacrifice that, that you've had? to, to go a year without having that type of sexual fulfillment. And it's like, okay, yeah, that sounds a little, um, terrible. Sorry, God, you know? (laughs) And, and so, but, but there is a sense that, I mean, if it wasn't for this hardship, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be pursuing this. I wouldn't be learning this at all, you know? So coming into this year with my word being courage, you know, I'm, I, I kind of asked God Our church went through a season of, of fasting and it still isn't a season of fasting and asking God, okay, what am I supposed to fast from? And the answer that God gave me was I need you to fast from your desire for sex, mm. which I'm mm. like, how in the world do I do that? And so rather than, you know, if, if we're going to bed and we're laying there and if I'm feeling like hmm, a little deflated, cause I'm like, well, I, 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 Feeling lonely. I'm feeling like, you know, all these things rather than just sitting there and, and from a, an earthly perspective being like, look at my loss, look at my loss, look at my loss. I'm, I'm trying to go to God and say, okay, God, um, you, you have a, a reason for this. You have something that you're doing. And so even, even just praying into God, teach me what this is all about me to, to love you. And, I, and in this fasting, I thought I was going to be doing a lot of praying for you, Lori. Um, but it very quickly turned into a lot of praying for my own heart to, to change, to be more aligned to what God wants. And I, I, I won't say that it's not hard, mm-hmm. that there that there's no desire to be close to you physically, but I feel like it has shifted quite a bit it's not as like all consuming almost as it used to be. Mm. And, and the thing that I desire more so is this closeness with you spiritually. Yeah. And, and, and honestly just truly friendship yeah. because I can go without physical sex. Yeah, It's a lot harder to go without friendship yeah. in a marriage. And, and, but even that I'm like, I, I can't, Make that the place where my hope hangs, mm-hmm. because I know there are times when it's hard even to be friends, because of the the assault that you're currently processing. Yeah. And so, as much as I can, I'm like trying to extend grace mm-hmm. to you, but then not even just extend grace to like to truly love you in it.
0: Yeah. Hey, Matt, Steve. Uh huh. Yes. You want to hear something cool? Sure. What is it? So. We were in our real-life small group the other week, and Matt volunteered to read something from the Bible.
1: Okay. Yeah, I read it, and do you know what happened? What? I got asked the question, what
2: translation is that? Our friends loved it.
1: Which one was it, Matt? (laughs) The CSB, (laughs) Christian Standard Bible. No kidding, the one that's been sponsoring the podcast, so you guys actually read it in real life.
0: Yeah, we really like how it reads. We're so familiar with things like the NIV and the ESV and NLT, which we love— but the Bible can sadly become kind of like white noise to us. Yeah. I've
2: really appreciated how the CSB is both familiar, but also fresh and new. Yeah.
1: That is really cool, guys.
0: It is. So if you guys listening want to shake up your usual reading routine with a high scholarship translation that is familiar yet new, hit up csbible.com to see all of what the Christian standard Bible has to offer.
1: Um. Okay. Well, so <laughs> I'm sitting here. Mm-hmm. Listening to you guys, and I just feel honored to be in your presence. Um, yeah. I mean, that uh, you just don't hear this. Yeah. Even in small groups and mm-hmm. in, you know, among close friends, you just mm-hmm. don't hear this. So, thank you guys for your authenticity, yeah. your willingness to open this up because I, I know that this is not uncommon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no, yet it's not. not talked about. Yeah. Ever. So thank you. Yeah. Um, I just am wondering if if you, Lori, or either of you, have you encountered insensitive people who have tried to fix or mm. given you platitudes or like mm. help us know how to love you well and 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 yeah. pace with you walk through something like this with yeah. someone like you. Thank and you. You guys as a couple.
0: That's really kind and a thoughtful question. So we've kept it like pretty quiet, obviously. Like, and you know, it's, it's would be hard for me because we our authenticity piece is such a critical part of the um, the ministry. And but I knew until today, like honestly, for our first major talking about it is I needed to keep it quiet. And so I've been really grateful for the friends with whom like I've shared, and they've a lot of them it. Um, it's just kind of like like Job's friends, how they just like sat with him and were quiet. And um, man, this is hard and crying with us and and praying with us. And um, that's been really sweet. Just the like the sweetness that comes with, I guess, kind of group lament. You know Mm -hmm. kind of like a man this is really terrible and i think there's some of that that i'm seeing in the culture like with man all the assaults the whole me too movement just as someone who's walking it and then watching people and then I think what pains me is watching people rally for this sense of like rage mm. and like let's go burn the men down and let's go kill all, like it just feels like this like tumultuous rage and i'm sitting here and being like i know i don't have all the like i don't have the magic genie to mm-hmm. help like i don't know the magic prayer to pray i've got nothing um But I I do know that that's going to just lead to death. Like anger, justice, absolutely. Righteous anger, absolutely. But you don't live there in Mm -hmm. in vengeance. Vengeance is mine, the Lord says. I will repay. So that's a peace that I know. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you know, just for people, like how to journey alongside, you know, as these people are coming forward with me too. And as wives, like I know it's like, a, it's probably a quarter women. And a lot of them I'm sure are married or in relationship and are, and men like, oh my word, so many men. And um, we can't forget that piece of it. And that affects mm-hmm. marriages. So I, I've been appreciative of how people have been tender I will say, though, like even last night we're talking and, and I am so hungering for that right button to push that it feels like this right now. And maybe you guys have some thoughts. But as I look at God, this God I love and have served, and I just am like, God, it feels like you have the answer. Like I'm carrying this wound with me. And I have, like, all my, like, tricks, I know, to, like, go back and go with Jesus. Haven't, haven't resolved it the way I've wanted to. And even, you hear Matt right now, he's freaking amazing. Like, what you hear on the podcast is that times 100. And I know him the best of anyone. Mm-hmm. And um, he's not making a lick up. And so, you would think, like, man, wouldn't that just draw you to him? You'd want to be close to him? And I'm like, I look inside and I think I know And so I'm trying to remove that shame of like, Lord, you've got to be better. But right now, I am, I feel like looking at God and being like, Lord, why are you withholding from me this answer to my pain? Like, why are you letting me suffer for so long? And I guess like what you're saying, Matt, like, You know, this? is it really that bad? Like, I could be no food in a corner, you know, like living in Africa and dirt. But right now, it feels very heavy. And I feel like I I journaled it this morning, talk about getting real and right now. But I was like, man, it feels like Pilgrim's Progress, you know, like with Christian and how he has this burden he's carrying around and he wants to, the main character, he gets to roll it off on Jesus. I'm like, when do I get to roll this Mm -hmm. off on you? At what point? Do I get to do that? And and so I don't have an answer for myself. Mm-hmm. I feel like I always have the answer.
2: Well, and I honestly don't know if the thing that you are trying to roll off is the right thing. Huh. Um, because I know, like you, you say like this question, well, doesn't that draw you to him? And I, I know it actually does because you say, when I'm not there, you miss me.
0: That's true.
2: Like, but, you know, when there's a shark in the water, you're not thinking about missing your friend. You're being like, holy cow, there's a shark in the water. <laughs> yeah. Like, I need to not get eaten. Hmm. And and so the, the fact that I am, you know, the object <laughs> that, that triggers you is not going to really let you live out of truth because you're, you're you're living out of fear. Because you're fearful because of what happened to you. And... And I, I can't speak for God because I don't know the answer. But I, I honestly think that if there is one thing that I would I would like to see you be able to roll off, it's not it's not the inability to connect with me physically. It's it's your own need to be perfect. Perfectionism is is something that. I mean that is that's a struggle of yours. And yeah. that's that that can be a struggle of a lot of people's. And the fact that under your own power, you cannot paint yourself as the picture perfect like wife right yeah. now. You know, and so taking this away would would allow you to be perfect wife again. Mm. Yeah. And and but then ultimately what would come along to have you roll the perfectionism off and and so I, and I, I don't know if this is resonating with you at yeah, all, but it is. I, I feel like God might not take this away quite yet, not because he's withholding from you, but because he wants something else to happen first. Yeah. And hmm. I love you dearly and I can hold on like this. You know, the, that's the, that's the thing with the Francis Chan talk. And I, my hope is not in you. My hope is not in having a physical relationship with you. Yeah. You know, my, my hope is in Christ. Yeah. And as much like the, the pressure that you feel, that is something that if I could, I would, I would physically remove it from your shoulders mm. because there, just because we said, I do doesn't mean I have a right to sex. And and I know that that's something that, let's face it, you don't hear that. Mm-mm. And in this, I feel closer to God, which, hey, if marriage is about sanctification, then mm-hmm. then you're doing your job. You know, and not because it's you, but God is doing something in us. And,
0: and I will say, too, what was profound a couple nights ago when we were talking, and you said, we are better friends and our hearts are closer now with this inability to connect physically than when we were able to Mm -hmm. which that in of itself is like really profound because it's true like when you're gone i miss you and when you get home like sometimes there is that battle where i'm just like in this storm i'm like what's true who is he i don't know where i am right now and that's hard and you're right and that's for the moment that the perfectionism comes in because then also shame and it's like well mm-hmm. why can't you what's wrong with you why can't you go up to him and kiss him other people can you're wrong why can't you just love him he's mad he's the one dude that you did want to marry and now it's like god's like nope you don't even get to say that Lori. like you i want and i is maybe where god's taking me it probably is is he wants my heart connected more to his and maybe mm-hmm. can i still love him even if it is this pain for ongoingly so? Mm-hmm. And will I still love and still serve and still link hands with you as we serve God and link hands with the church? So I'm sure as I'm watching your example of of pursuit of Christ, can I do the same and go to a new level with Him? Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then that is worth it. And that's probably why this book has like wrecked us so much because it's not like marriage advice about... You know, like, sex positions or all these things. That's just not helpful. Like, as not helpful right now. But to be like, hey, guys, you're actually doing a lot right. You're actually doing a lot right to pursue the kingdom and love your kids, love each other, love people, and keep moving. That's super encouraging in these places. So I guess to go back to you, Steve, it's like that. Yeah, is to call out, like, the beauty in, in what we see and what we can see in each other. And man, if we could do this in our small groups, which great we actually have a killer small group where we can do this. But mm-hmm. if we could more so, like to be like, hey, is this is where we're at. I think, mm, I just wonder how much divorce would decrease if yeah. we are able to, in not even once we're like, the papers are ready, but before the paper, and the papers are not even on the table yet, we're going through pain. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm just spitballing here in my mm-hmm. <laughs> weepy state.
1: Well, I think getting back to, You know, hope. Yes. The the theme of this chapter. Yes. There's redemption. You know, it's great when we have these stories that we look back on and look how God redeemed this situation. Yeah. But to have hope and to really trust him because he's trustworthy. That was a big theme in this chapter, Mm -hmm. too. He is trustworthy to know that redemption is God's business. You know, Mm -hmm. and so we do have a hope and we're, we're in the middle of that process of redemption. And so we can't really see it, but like living in the hindsight of our imagination, knowing we are going to get to the other side of this, even if it's, you know, in heaven Mm -hmm. and we're going to look back and see the amazing redemption that God was at work on, you know, through that situation.
0: Amen. Mm -hmm. Let it be. So I Mm -hmm. just feel like I hear things like that. I'm like, okay, God. Okay. So I think we're done here. <laughs> going to go cry it all out. Um, but, oh, were you going to say something? Well, I, I, don't,
2: I don't know how, how this, I mean, this conversation that we're having is going to touch people or, or, or maybe even cause people to be like, well, see, you're supposed to not be married. You're doing stupid things. Like,
0: or just demand it. It is yeah. a right.
2: I, I guess my, my only thought is like, look, the focus isn't on sex. It can't be. If, if that's it's the
0: focus of what
2: of, of life <laughs> of like, I mean, this culture, our, our culture says mm-hmm. sex is the focus of life. Yeah. And while, while sex is yes, necessary to keep life going, you know, procreation and stuff like that. Like that is not the focus of our life. That is not the focus of our marriage. And if, if God says there won't be sex in heaven, I can't demand it here on earth. Hmm. And, and, so if you're out there and you feel like the person you're in a relationship with is demanding sex from you that is not a right that they have be it boyfriend girlfriend coworker boss or spouse
0: how do you respond to the people though who say like well you're supposed to submit each each person is like you're supposed to give your body to your spouse when you get married
2: <laughs> you yes, that is a command, but that doesn't give them the right to demand because their only focus should be on giving their body to you, which sometimes could mean their tongue sometimes could mean their heart and their mind and their focus and their attention. Like we never get to demand anything from one another living out of love means you focus on the other on their needs as greater than yours not on you scratch my back. I'll scratch yours. It's just, I will scratch yours.
1: What what do you think about this? The only one deserving of my body is God. And even Mm -hmm. he doesn't demand it.
0: There it is. Yeah, absolutely. It's an offering. And if the, if marriage and sex, and I'm like doing this, big study now of because I'm like, I want to be able to get wrap my mind around why God made us sexual, why God make us mar- make marriage, why all these things. Like I am voraciously studying it because I don't just do things to do them. And right now I'm in this place where I can and I need to study. But if if sex in marriage is supposed to be a picture of the oneness that God wants to have, with us in that, what did he do? How did he picture, how did he show us his love? He came as a servant and died. He didn't come down as a king. He didn't come down as a tyrant. He didn't demand that we love him and serve him and you give me you. He came as the lowest of the low and said, here I am actually. Mm-hmm. I love you so much, I'm actually going to die for you. And that I think is what I'm envisioning in Matt. Mm-hmm. And I can't yep. get out of my weepy state, but sorry all you can have to do with it. But that's what I'm seeing in Matt. And, and that's what Francis calls out. He says, I want when my wife looks at me to see Jesus. And more than ever, happy anniversary, by the way. It's February 7th. Uh, more than ever, um, I see that in Matt and his being like, this is not a demand. I will. And this was a guy. Matt Krieg was a guy who was addicted to sex, addicted to pornography, and in some ways did use me. And in some ways, not like he never raped me. There's nothing like that. But it was just kinda of like what couples do. It's just, I mean, this is what you do. And the assumption. The assumption mm-hmm. is you this is you you give each other your life, whatever, out your body. And so to go from that to nope i'm totally done with that i'm submitting myself to christ and then over the last year not god sustained me each day was his prayer mm. to this january no god i want to even not even focus on don't eat that cake i want to focus on no i i want you my hunger is for you my fast makes me hungry for you and my heart wants to commit to Lori. so as someone who's been assaulted who has been stolen from so many times, to have a man, the one man she trusted, to have him say, I would rather connect to your heart and be your friend than anything else. That is profound because that's what Jesus says. I don't want your mouth. I don't want to just have your body. I want your heart. And I do, I do want all of you, but I want, I, with my hands open, (laughs) receiving. So I think that's right on, Steve. Okay. (laughs) This is a big podcast. Want me
1: to do question of the week?
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: Well, I mean, I feel like the theme of this chapter and even of our talk has been hope. And um, so we know we have a hope. We can count on that um, in the new heaven and new earth. But what is something that you are hopeful for? before then yeah you know pre-heaven what are you hopeful for maybe in the days to come or for you know uh some years from now but in this life yep good love it Mm
0: -hmm. all right thanks so much for listening and any encouraging words if you listen that you want to send after this very vulnerable podcast we'd really appreciate it um but just we see you if you can relate at whatever level we just want you to know that we see you and we care and even though we're we're wounded healers as well. Like, however, we can come alongside you to just, yeah, say me too, but also like we're with you. You matter and we're with you. So yeah, for all of us here at the Whole in My Heart Podcast, we will see you next time. Oh we. Okay. <laughs> That's an intense one. And you guys can see, um, you know, if you are a new listener, why we wanted you to hear this one. And uh just thanks for for joining us, for hearing some of our story, for holding it so tenderly and vulnerably. I remember getting so many emails after that, just encouragement from you guys. So if you want to send it, you're welcome to send encouragement, but we'd love to just hear what you think. Can you relate to what we said? You can hit me up. I'm going to give you my personal email address. Look at me Mm -hmm. at lk at lauriecrieg.com and either me or someone on my team uh, will respond to you. And if you guys want to dive more into our story, hit up Impossible Marriage. And then also, in addition to those uh, episode links of favorites that we have from the last four seasons, we're also going to post some interviews Matt and I have done, um, again, now years after episode 24, uh, where you can hear, is it a happy ending, Matt?
2: It's getting there happier than happier. it was then
0: we're always going to be working on our metaphor yeah till we see jesus and then we got the real deal
2: yeah it's hard to think that that was three years ago
0: mm. bananas man. bananas
2: but guys thank you for joining us today we're looking forward to next week's take two with kurt thompson where he talks about shame
0: oh man i can't wait mm-hmm. okay guys for all of us here at the hole in my heart podcast we will see you next week